Hey guys, this is Leticia. And I'm Raina. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real, Real Talk. Talk. So we're two young adults who are just trying to figure this thing called life out. So join us on this journey as we figure it out together. All right. Hey guys. Hi guys. Welcome back to Real Talk. <laughs> <laughs> we missed you guys. Um, we're excited today, but it's been hard, y'all. Yeah, it has. All of this isolation, social distancing. How have you been making it through let? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, it's been tough. Like last week. So last week, I... Um, I had been, I've been working out a lot and kind of like excessively. And so last week my calves were like on fire. Like I literally was walking like I was purple. And so I forced myself to have two days where I literally sat in my bed and just iced and heated my calves. Mm -hmm. Um, And literally the enemy kept trying to come at me and like tell me lies. And tell me, like, that I was worthless, that I wasn't doing anything, all these things. And it's funny because this actually happened to me, like, a few years ago when I got in a car accident. I got in, like, a really bad car accident. And, like, it was, like, a few weeks where, like, I just would take medicine and go back to sleep because, like, the medicine would make me drowsy. So I would, like, wake up, sleep, and um, eat and, like, just do nothing. And the enemy tried it again during that time. And he really tried to attack my identity because I had always been so used to like going to school, working, you know, um, being in different clubs, all this stuff. And during that time, I literally just had to be in my bed, Raina. Just had to be still. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, you know, um, my friends back then, they would just tell me like, the Lord is really trying to show you that your identity is in all of this stuff. So when I'm not, when I'm not doing any of that, it's like the enemy tries to show me like, look, your identity wasn't working. Your identity was in saving all this money because, you know, uh, you're saving for your future, but guess what? You can't save now because you're not working, Mm -hmm. you know? And so he really tried to attack me. And literally I just had to like, constantly remain in worship like just play worship music you know pray um sometimes I didn't feel like praying or reading but I still did it because it's not we do not live based off how we feel and I have to constantly say that to myself (laughs) um but it's been rough like I miss people and I don't think I would have ever said that in life but but I actually do miss people but yeah if you guys are I know for me I've been kind of struggling with that and I've really had to um, remind myself what God's word says. You know, it says that we're royal priesthood, that we're holy nations. And that's not based off of what we do. Yeah, exactly. And I love this story when, you know, Jesus got baptized and literally as he came out of the water, and I think I shared this like last week or something, but as he came out of the water, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He was pleased with Jesus before he did anything, before he did any healings, any ministry. So it's like, it's the same with us. And I just had to, I have to keep reminding myself that he's already pleased with me. Exactly. It's not based off of my performance. So that's how I've been. How have you been, Raina? (laughs) I've been, 
I've been okay. Yeah, it's been weird not being around people. I mean, naturally, I'm extroverted, as everybody mm-hmm. knows. <laughs> so not being around people has been weird because I feed off of that energy, you know, like of being close and stuff. And yeah. so I definitely had to try to figure out who I am while I'm just sitting at home. Um, but at the same time, I do like the quiet because I'm forced to be with myself. And so I'm forced to, you know, think about what things I really find important and what things I feel like I have to be doing. Like, I don't have to be going out all the time and I don't have to be, you know, like running from one thing to another. Like, I can just have time to sit. And so it's been weird because it's like I'm sad, but I'm also learning a lot, too. So it's good and bad. But yeah, it's been an adjustment for sure. But I like what you said about how your identity isn't in anything because, you know, my cousin, my little cousin, he's graduating from high school right now. And so he's trying to go to college in the fall and people don't know what like the college scene is going to look like. And I know that people are graduating from college and looking for jobs. And there's going to be a lot of times when people are graduating, going to these next phase that there's going to just be like, silence like you can't work you can't visit your friends you don't know like what is going on with the college that you're going to if you're graduating you know but that's a lot of the types of things that people tie their identities to like oh I'm gonna work I'm gonna do this next I'm gonna do that next so it's gonna be hard for everybody to figure out like what they're gonna do in this time of uncertainty because it's literally uncertainty you don't know what the next thing is and we're not used to that at all yeah and like I even heard today that like Geico or something, like one of the insurance companies said they're not opening until like August. Yeah. And so it's like, we literally don't know when this is going to end. Yeah. And, and, And people are afraid and I'm not afraid because my hope is in Jesus, but I am ready to be out of this house. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so ready. (laughs) But it's like, it's true. Like, you know, I, I really believe that, although I don't believe God created this virus or like, you know, did this, I do believe he's using it for good. I think people are having to see like, okay, my identity was in um, working seven days a week, Mm -hmm. um, hanging out with my friends and making really cool Instagram stories. um, Looking like I have a great life. (laughs) For real. Cause I mean, a lot of times it's just, what it appeared you know yeah yeah Mm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) exactly but like you know looks a lot different Um, but I think it's really showing people that they either have to find their identity in something in the world that is constantly changing Mm -hmm. or they can reach out and find their identity in Jesus. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I even saw today a guy on Instagram that I don't even know, but he was like, today I prayed for the first time in years. Mm. Yes. You know? And he was like, because I'm scared right now, like things are uncertain. Mm -hmm. And I believe that God is, is bringing people back that, um, that have been gone from him for a long time because they've been running. They just have been running full speed towards nothing. Yeah, exactly. For so long. And he's like, he literally halted everyone. Yeah. He's like, stop. <laughs> no, like he literally is like, stop. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and now people have to say, oh, hold on. Like, 
and we're getting all this money from unemployment, but we can't do anything with it because like <laughs> we can't go anywhere. <laughs> you know, so um yeah, if you guys are struggling right now, like you have an opportunity to find your identity in Jesus. Yeah. You know, because you can't find your identity in work right now. You yeah. can't find your identity in your major in college or how many cool pictures you post. Yeah. But right now is really the time to say, like, what is my hope in? Yeah. What is my identity in? Yeah. And being comfortable in uncertainty. Like, I feel like as a believer, I'm I'm more comfortable in uncertainty. I don't know how people who are non-believers are doing, but as I can only speak for myself as a believer. And I'm better equipped to not know what's coming next, you know? And I'm one of those planners. Like, I'm really type A. I need to know what is going next. Like, you know, I'd be having my four-year plan laid out. And it's hard because in these times, you literally can't plan what's next. But I have so much faith that whatever is next, it will be what it is. And so... You know, as a believer, I just, I hold faith to that, you know, or I hold on to that faith, I should say. And there's assurance in that because it's like the Bible literally says, like, if God clothes the grass and takes care of the birds, like how much more will he take care of us? Yeah. We don't have to worry about what we're going to eat tomorrow or what we'll wear because the word literally says that he'll take care of us. Yeah. there's There's certainty in that if your unemployment stops, you know, and you don't have money anymore. Yeah. guess what the word still says I'm going to be taken care of so I don't have to worry yeah you know so I I don't know like you said what unbelievers do because I would probably not be on this earth anymore if I was an unbeliever <laughs> because <laughs> that's stressful it who is. do you look to yeah exactly just like not knowing and consistently not knowing like the news isn't telling you anything you know all of our politicians our health officials no one's telling you anything and so yeah. you know like if you don't know where to look to, that can be really debilitating. So I don't know. So we yeah. you know, encourage you guys to, that it'll be okay. It will all be okay. And when you put your trust in Jesus, <laughs> if you don't, I don't know how it'll be for you. Because <laughs> I know one time I was in college and this girl, she was like, I can do all things. And I was like, oh, like, are you a believer? And she was like, no, I just say that sometimes. And I'm like, honey, that's not how that works. (laughs) She literally said, I can do all things. Like, um, you can't just manifest things. I know a lot of people want to manifest things right now. Yeah. But listen, that's not real. Um, They're just selling you a lot of fake stuff and crystals that make you think you have power (laughs) but there is a god that says he will take care of you and you know there is truth in that yeah and it's crazy that people believe more in rocks than they believe in a god i know and that's what's crazy that's just what's crazy to me because like come on now (laughs) let me rub this rock and feel serenity but i don't believe in a god that is literally like constantly doing miracles and there's video recordings and people's experiences and all this stuff but I'm gonna rub this rock I know and that created everything around you like that's just my thing so there's this song right it's called God is Real by India Ari and it's just basically talking about like the beauty of the earth and everything that was created and like the song is so basic it's just basically like how can you look around at everything and still not think 
that there's a like that's just what's crazy to me is like there's just so much beauty and so much this and so much that that god literally created like yeah. how can you not believe that that's but that's a whole conversation for a different that time. is <laughs> <laughs> right I, I, have, I have so many we have so many things to say about that maybe we can do that <laughs> it's like okay last comment for this but it's like people just see how like everything works together with like trees and plants and they're like perfect but like that just came into being i don't even want to talk i don't want to go there i do not want to go there not today (laughs) (laughs) what that's the whole topic (laughs) um, okay well let's get into these questions so we did a q a last week um but we had a lot more questions so we're going to answer a few more for y'all ever listen to the podcast sometimes and like just like i don't know listen to it a few times over yeah i do when i'm editing it i I listen to it and then even after i still listen to it again but sometimes i can't listen to it too much because i second guess it and i'll be like i wouldn't have said that (laughs) (laughs) so i can't be listening to it too much because i'm like you know what it's already out in the world right just Just go on about your day (laughs) Yeah, I'd be listening to it. I'd be like, dang, that was good. Like, who are they? You know, the worst part is when I laugh at us. Like, when I'm like, dang, that was funny. Right. I'm like, dang, I laughed again. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> all righty. Um, all right. What question do you want to answer first? Um, okay. I'll, I'll say this one. I want to answer the question. Is cursing good as a Christian? Does it glorify God? Does it mm. set you apart? Which is a really good question. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, I can start. Um, so I think that, so I definitely believe that like cursing has, is essentially man-made, right? Mm-hmm. Like we kind of have made certain words, curse words. <laughs> I do believe that, but I believe that like as a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or just let's pretend we're non-believers. Yeah. If I see a set of people that, I don't know, are walking out of a church and I just hear them saying all these words that like, you know, the world has created as negative words, if I, and they're supposed to be set apart, I would kind of look at them funny. Mm-hmm. You know, I would look at them like, they just walked out of church and they doing that? Like, what makes them different than me? Yeah. You know? And so, for me, um, and even the Bible says, like, speak on things that are good and lovely and pure, you know? And even though, again, men have made certain words bad, Mm -hmm. they're still words that are perceived as negative. Yeah. You know, I think there's a reason that in schools you're not supposed to curse and those types of things because they're perceived as negative because the world has made them like that. So I think that, you know, if we are trying to live set apart, then that's something that we should um, let go of. Yeah. You know, and it's not always an easy thing, yeah. um, but it's, you know, little by little. Yeah. Moving, you know, a word here and then a word here and a word here and understanding that you're removing them because, you know, we are called to talk, um, to speak purely to yeah. speak and encourage, yeah. you know, if, if we're in a group of girls and, and, you know, another, um, 
group is is next to us and they hear each they hear us calling each other bees and all that stuff like mm-hmm. no they're not going and we come over there and try to minister to, to them they're going to be like hold up weren't y'all just calling each other bees like you know what i'm saying <laughs> so like you know and and the bible says like don't do anything that appears to be sin yeah you know, be careful to not do anything that appears to be sin mm-hmm. because although it may not be necessarily to someone else that can be perceived as sin, mm-hmm. you know? So I would say it does not glorify God in any aspect. Um, and that, you know, we should abstain from it. Yeah. No, I mean, and that makes sense because I like what you were talking about with it being a sense of perception too, um, about what people who you're trying to minister to or, you know, show God's glory through, you know, your actions. And what does that look like if you're running around cursing? And I'm really bad at it because I've been cursing all the time. And like, <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and I do, but I'm getting better at it. And, but the thing that I also like to remind myself of is even though I'm getting better at not cursing, one thing that I do hold myself to a high standard to is I'm more cognizant of if I'm talking badly about other people, like you can talk badly about other people and talk negatively of other people without using one curse word in there. And for me, you know, cursing is like, my cursing is that. And, you know, I'm trying to get rid of those other bad words that are perceived by the world as being bad, just because I want to emit this sense of, um, this sense of like being good and stuff like that. And so that you provide someone, um, someone to look up to and I don't want to be give a negative example but at the same time like I'm also really cognizant of just how I speak about things and what things I'm talking about and making yeah. sure that um, when I talk about something that it is positive and that it's not negative and that I'm not bad-mouthing someone or talking behind someone's back because I think that you can cause more harm without saying without saying a curse word but just by being so rude and negative yeah. and so, like that's one thing that I always try to think about because I know a lot of people that never say a curse word but they're so quick to talk about people or to say something negative or um to just like not look on people very positively and I feel like that's more harmful for yourself and does not glorify God more than if you slip out a curse word or two amen I agree (laughs) I mean because I just know people like that who was like I don't say any bad word but I'm like look at you out here like didn't you I just hear you talking about her and what she did and this and this and this and you know so I just had to speak my piece on that (laughs) oh yeah I feel you because like there's people that like you said they'll be like oh I don't curse Mm, I don't do that but then they're nasty like they're just nasty people and you're like yeah you don't curse but your heart is evil exactly exactly and that's what you need to watch but then at the same time I feel like if you do have positive intentions and you're getting your heart right then like you said little by little you know cursing will get out of your system because then you don't really have any reason to use it because like sometimes I really try not to curse out of anger because I'm trying to not feel that feeling and then I feel like if I do curse out of anger those words are just so negative because they're coming from such like a nasty and dark place Mm -hmm. Um, and so the more that I get control over like my emotions I feel like the more I'll get control over the things that I say as well Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah but I yeah so you know what you said like it 
it really is a heart thing. Yeah. Like what you're saying, it's like a heart thing. Like, yeah, you know, you could have a person over here that's cursing, but then you can have a person over here that's not cursing, but they are just evil people, Yeah. you know? But, um, you know, I think that they're both bad, you know, in in the sense of um, just cleaning out our heart and purifying those things. But like I said, it's a, it's definitely just a, um, what's the word? Uh, it takes time. Yeah, it does. And just pray on it. Cause I know for me specifically, cursing is hard for me to let go of because it's, it's part of my speech pattern. You know, it's part of the people that I hang out with and just the way that I was brought up speaking. And so removing cursing is hard because it's like, uh, am I removing how I talk? You know, how can I be Reina at the same time if I'm, if I've been this way for so long, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I always have to think about like, what if, what am I accomplishing with this? And so I have to like second guess, you know, what do I want to appear like in the world? And is, if someone didn't know me, like, how would I want them to view me? Like, I would want them to be able to know that I'm a believer. And the quickest way for them to know that is by emitting the sense of peace and, you know, um, not being cursing up and down. So that's always something that I think about. But it is hard. It's really, really hard, especially when you grow up with it. Yeah. And I think also realizing that, like, just because you grow up with something doesn't mean that it's a part of your identity. Yeah, exactly. When you come to Christ, you're a new creation. Now, that doesn't mean that everything that, you know, you have to just let go of your personality because God gave you a personality for a reason. Yeah. But also remembering that just because, you know, I grew up without, you know, a father, but that doesn't mean I have to continue in that with my children and my, my thing. It's not part of my identity because yeah. I grew up that way. So yeah. I think this... Um, also when we begin to learn our identity and really believe it, then it'll help us to not feel like we have to hold on to every single thing that we grew up with because we'll realize it's not a part of our identity. Yeah. And that's a good way to look at it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know some people will be like, well, my mama was an alcoholic, so I'm just going to be alcoholic because that's just how we grew up. And I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> hold on to everything just cause that's, just cause that's how you grew up. Like yeah. you don't have to stay in dysfunction just because yeah. that's how you grew up. And we trying to, I know for me, I'm trying to break that stuff. I am trying to, that's why I'm very serious about like talking to like guys and things like that. Like I'm, I don't just talk to anyone. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to create a different legacy in my family. Yeah. You know, so, like, we're trying to break those old habits or those old things we grew up in because that doesn't have to be our identity just because we grew up in broken homes or just because we grew up a certain way. So, you know, I think it just has a lot to do with, like, realizing, like, oh, okay, this is my identity. Mm -hmm. What the word says is my identity, Mm -hmm. you know, and not seeing some words we say or – the environment we grew up in as our identity yeah no and I mean and that's so true and like that has that belief and understanding that has helped me the most I know and just getting rid of like old patterns because I was thinking the other day because I know when we recorded our first episode you know we talked about our testimonies and stuff and like how far God has taken us but one thing that I started to realize, and sorry, this has nothing to do with the question, but <laughs> um, one thing that I started to realize, like the more that I read and the more that I learn is that I used to beat myself up so much about the person that I was. And I used to think that I could never change. Like 
I so many people told me that the person that I was was just who I was going to be forever and that people don't change. And I realized the other day that I haven't had that thought in a really long time. And then when I did have that thought, I was like, I don't know her. <laughs> like, who is she? I was like, who is she? <laughs> I was, it was great. Like, it was great. And then sometimes I feel more open because I used to feel ashamed to tell people who I was, like what happened. And now I realized I was talking to someone and I didn't have any problem telling them that because I was like, I don't care what you think about her because I don't know her anymore so but anyways that's so good (laughs) my gosh look you said i don't know that Uh that's the thing the bible says and do not listen to the voice of a stranger that was a voice of a stranger because no longer you it was so weird like it was so weird but that's crazy look at that like i'm telling you as you continue to feed yourself the word and feed yourself like those old things, those old thoughts, those old, like, they have to leave. Yeah, exactly. replacing them with truth. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, that's so crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> Look at God. <laughs> Look at God. Church statements. <laughs> um, okay, let's answer. This one is <clears throat> kind of interesting. Who is more toxic, men or women? <laughs> uh-huh two women so oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to answer this um sure okay so initially i was like they can both be toxic but i feel like that's a bad answer because i know he said which one is more but i don't know i don't know how to judge because sometimes like people that come from broken homes they come from broken homes they can be men or women and they're carrying those traits with them so it's really, really hard to say. Um, and I think it's a really individual thing. But if I had, I, I stand by that. But if I had to go with any side, <laughs> I would personally go with men. And okay, hear me out, men. I'm sorry, but hear me out. <laughs> I just, I think that like society has conditioned men to have a sense of toxicity more than women not all the time definitely not all the time but I think just the idea of like masculinity and you know having to be really dominant sometimes people can take that a little too far and that can lead to toxic relationships and that's something that a lot of the times is passed down through families because it's like this is what it looks like to be a man and so then you teach your kid what it looks like to be a man and that's not always the best representation of it and so I feel like sometimes when men go into relationships they bring this toxicity with them because society continuously tells them that that's what they should be doing and then their family tells them that that's also how they should be acting um but that can be the same for women too like women break down men as equally as men break down women but i just feel like in society it's just not seen and that's a conversation that we also need to have because like we're so quick to say you know men are the ones always messing up men are the ones always cheating and blah 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 and abusing women but that's not always true because women can be really emotionally manipulative especially if they don't know how to love um like i said i just if you broken homes if you come from broken home like what else do you know so yeah i agree with that answer i mean i really don't have anything to add because i think (laughs) it is a case-by-case basis yeah you know um like brokenness doesn't have gender you know like exactly it's 
I mean, they can both be toxic. Um, so yeah, I don't really have anything else to add to that, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, what do you want to answer next? Um, the next question, do you want to do, what is your ideal man? <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure, let's do that. That's an interesting one. <laughs> okay, you could go first. Okay. Um, I would say my ideal man. So the foundational things, like the things like are absolute I have to have is like a man that like is walking with Jesus. I don't say a Christian, but a man that is walking with Jesus, because I think sometimes those can be two different things. Mm-hmm. We have an idea in our head of what, um, you know, a man or a Christian should do, but that's not always the case, you know, because I call myself a Christian for a long time and I wasn't really living for Christ. Mm-hmm. So a man that's walking with Jesus, um, a leader, like a man that can lead, but not in a way that's like, like dictatorship-ish, mm-hmm. you know? Like, woman, do this. Like, you know, oh, go do this. No, but, like, a man that, like, leads, like, like, is a gentle leader. Yeah. You know? Um, And then I really want someone that's good with kids because, like, I mean, I'm either going to adopt kids, have my own kids, foster kids. Like, something's going to happen with kids. (laughs) Um, So just someone that's, like, good with kids and, um... I don't know, just someone that's very willing to try new things and learn new things and just someone that can have fun and someone that's really funny to me. Like I said in the last few or one of the other podcasts, like they don't have to be funny to anyone else, <laughs> just me. Uh, <laughs> that's really it. And I don't really have like a look preference. I mean, I love black men. Mm. I don't know. I just want me a good, nice <laughs> black man. <laughs> There's just something about black men. Like, I'm sorry, but like, you know, that's just my preference. <laughs> I just love me a black man. Like, I just, just want to treat them right, you know? <laughs> okay, what about you? Um, ideal, interesting. Um, okay, so foundationally, similar to let, like, they have to be funny. If you can't make me laugh, then. I'm sorry, this is this is not going to go anywhere. <laughs> because I feel like laughter is something that after everything else fades, all the looks and everything, I feel like that is always going to be there. Like if you marry somebody funny, then you'll be you'll be good. Um they also have to be my best friend. Like I I'm really really big on only getting in a relationship with my best friend. Like if I'm only getting in a relationship with you cuz I don't know, the physical attraction is there and we kind of vibe on some certain things. Like that's not good enough for me because if you're talking about forever, like you need to be hanging out with this person for every day (laughs) for over like at least 60 years or whatever long it is. So they have to be my best friend. Like I have to be able to see you at 80 and be like, yeah, we probably still watch movies together, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's my ideal man. Um, I want someone who's passionate about things. So like passionate about helping people or passionate about making a difference. Like I'm not a really big person who likes 
people who just want to get a quick buck i'm sorry like <laughs> i understand everybody has to make a living but i feel like you can make a living and then have something that you're passionate about on the side yeah. i really love passion so i feel like that's my ideal man like if you're funny if you're my best friend if you're passionate about things and you just care about other people like i can't date somebody that's selfish i'm sorry <laughs> yeah yeah and i want to add to mine too like someone that like loves to serve <clears throat> because like i'm a big like i don't know i don't know if it's like my mom trained me up or just part of my character but i'm a big like servant yeah and so I have met people before that kind of expect people to just do it for them. And I hate that, you know, cause it's like, you know, my mom's always taught me like, if you don't know what to do, just find something to do, yeah. you know, make, you know, ask around, see what people need help with, you know? So I hate when there are people and they're just like, especially cause like at church, we always set up for like all the carnivals and we break them down and I hate when I see men standing around I'm while they see me carrying all these chairs and they don't ask to help. I'm like, <laughs> are you a gentleman or not? Like, what? So definitely, like, someone that um, just takes initiative, you know? I hate when um, I have to tell someone to do stuff. I want someone that's a self-starter. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, because, I mean, that's attractive when you can just serve. Exactly. Yes. And, like, I'm not even really big into, like, like, I don't expect to just, like, have a man that, like, has all this money and is, like, there yet. Like, you don't have to be there yet. Yeah. But, like, one of the pastors that I watch sometimes, he always says, like, look at a guy's patterns. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he may not be in a huge house with money and all this stuff in ministry yet, but look at his patterns. Yeah. You know, ha is he, um, does he complete things? Mm -hmm. You know, has he been able to hold steady jobs? Mm -hmm. You know, has he been able to like, does he have good patterns? Mm -hmm. Cause they might not be there yet, but if their patterns are good, then they're going to be somewhere. Exactly. But yeah. if their patterns are, they had a job in January and then, they lost it and then in September they got another job and then they went to school for three months and then dropped out. That is a terrible pattern and that's a pattern of a lot of people today. I'm telling you and it's so scary like it's not cute. I don't know who told you that it was cute. Like I don't know if that's going around somewhere. <laughs> it's a disease. <laughs> <laughs> like oh my goodness. It is truly a disease and I just hope there are some good men still out there. No, me too. Oh, if not, I'm just gonna have to stay single and adopt some kids. I'm telling you. <laughs> so yeah. So those are. Did you have anything to add, or that was everything? Yeah, no, that was pretty much everything. Um, yeah, like you said, just having a like having good patterns, having a plan. Like you don't yeah. have to have everything figured out, but having a plan. And yeah. one of my coworkers, he told me the best thing. He was like, you know, sometimes you don't have to know exactly where you're going as long as you're still moving. And like that's yeah. my thing because especially for Let and I, like we're in our early twenties. Like we're not gonna have every single thing figured out. And when I meet someone, I'm not expecting to them to have everything figured out either. Like I don't you I don't need to know where you're gonna be when you're forty five and like all of that. But 
as long as you're just like still moving and still trying because like I can't hate I hate it when people are stagnant and when people complain about being stagnant I first of all I hate complainers I read the best thing this morning it was about okay hold on I'm gonna get it because it was so good I have this meditation book that Uh has um scriptures in it and stuff every day yeah and this one it was so good it was talking about people who just want to struggle okay it was like mm. it says struggling people know how to struggle well they know what to wear where to go and how to behave in a way that will undoubtedly create more struggle Struggling people impose conditions, restrictions, and expectations upon themselves because it is easier to struggle doing nothing than it is to bring up and use the creative force within. Struggling people love to sacrifice in the name of struggle. They sacrifice themselves, their families, and if you are not careful, they will sacrifice you. God does not ask us to struggle. What we are told is, come up to me, all you that labor, and I will give you rest. So, hmm. wow. don't, like, I read it and I, it, it really, I was thinking about it because people just love struggling. Like, they love being like, dang, my circumstance is so bad right now. Let me stay here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's disgusting because there are people, there are immigrants that come over and they don't have citizenship. They don't have social security numbers. They have to work for crap you know, barely any money, yeah. but they work hard because they know they need to take care of their stuff. Exactly. They are in the lowest of low in the sense of opportunity, but they still work the hardest. Yeah. So you have no excuse, you know, as, especially as an, you have no excuse. Poverty in America is richness in <laughs> other countries. <laughs> Honestly. It's so true. It's so true. Like, like, you know, when, when I went on the mission trip a few years ago, like I went a few years and just to see how they live, but how they get up and they do as much as they can do to make money, even though they barely make money every day. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, they are just such hard workers. And to know that there are people in America that are just 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 it's like ungratefulness I know exactly because there's just so much like that you can do with your time and your day to better your situation and just to not do it like to watch people not do it is just one of my biggest pet peeves I swear (laughs) you know people complain about not having jobs and all this stuff but like are you researching are you applying for jobs are you standing on the corner at 7-eleven with the spanish man waiting for someone to come pick you up like you can literally go stand there and but it's like are you being persistent do you want it bad enough that's the question i just don't think people want it like you know and we want i want to give a disclaimer like Light and I are real go-getters, so I feel like that's why <laughs> we have this attitude. But I mean, like, come on. <laughs> and we are. And I think it, you know, it definitely has, um, like, my mom really taught me what it looked like to be a hard worker. Yeah. So, you know, for me, um even though my degree is in teaching, which doesn't make a lot of money, and I'm not even in that field right now, you know, um, I still knew that 
whatever amount of money I had, I would be okay with because I would make something out of it. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, just knowing that like, there are so many opportunities and we're just not taking them because we're just choosing to use our circumstance and how we grew up and all of these things as excuses. Yep. And I'm all for like supporting human rights and things like that. But it's like, at what point does it also, you know, do we also have to grow? I hate when people use their trauma and things like that as an excuse because we've all been, okay, I'm not going to say all, but a lot of us have faced unfortunate things. Yeah. Things that shouldn't have happened, but happened. Yeah. A lot of us grew up in broken homes. A lot of us grew up in single family homes. A lot of us, you know, grew up getting, you know, uh, molested and, and raped and these types of things. But sometimes we use those things as excuses to not continue. Oh, I'm broken. So I can't go and do this. No. Yeah. Why are you letting what happened to you decide your future? Why aren't you changing that believer or non-believer? You know, you have a future to make, you have a legacy and it doesn't have to, you don't have to continue in that cycle just because of a trauma. We all have dealt with something, but it's like, it's like choosing, like, are you going to let that define you or are you going to go past that and say, yes, this happened to me, but this is not my identity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And that's why, like, when I read that this morning, I was thinking so many people do that. Like, you, they want so badly to stay in that place. And I've seen it. I've seen it so many times with multiple people. And I'm always wondering, like, when is it going to get old for you? You know what I mean? Like, it, I'm, it, I'm not in this situation. So, you know, it doesn't matter if it gets old to me. Yeah. But people who refuse to change their situations when they can, you know, sometimes it's hard, but like when you can change your situation, when is it going to get old for you to be living like that? Like, when are you just going to finally put your foot down and say, you know what? I I deserve better for myself and let me figure out how to get it and go and get it. And I think sometimes it just takes people getting to that point where they're just tired. Like they just have gotten to a point where they're just tired of living like that. And I hope, you know, people get to that point yeah and it's sad because I even like have some friends too that you know can sometimes just use those things as excuses and it it's hard because as a friend you want to you know challenge your friends to do more and to be more and to excel but it's like when they can't even see it in themselves no that's the hardest part yeah exactly that's really hard um but Okay, let's answer this last question. <laughs> okay. So it is. Oh, you want to say it? No, you can say it. All right. So our last question for the night is what does holiness look like? Okay. Do you want to answer first? Yes, I can because I looked it up a little bit because um, <clears throat> I kind of wanted to see like what the definition of that was just to be sure. Mm-hmm. Um, So the Greek definition of holiness is the process of making or becoming holy set apart. So what does it look like to be set apart? Mm, This is a good question. 
Um, so I think that what it looks like to be set apart is um, to not look like the world. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. that's the most simple way to put it. Um, but I think, I think the fault can come sometimes when we become believers and we just try to throw everything away. Yeah. You know, that never works. Yeah. Like it just does not because you are not understanding why you're letting go of it. Mm -hmm. So you're going to go back to it. Yeah. You know, and I think that, um, you know, I think as you be, as you grow in God and grow in his word, he'll begin to give you his desires mm -hmm. begin to remove those old things that at one, at one point of another or another you liked, you know, mm -hmm. for instance, um, you know, whether it be addictions or, um, you know, pornography or, you know, sex outside of marriage or um, cheating or lying or any of those types of things, you know, like God will begin to give you a different desire because now you are filling yourself with the things of him. So his, the Holy Spirit is going to, is going to convict you, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I think what it means to be set apart is just to look different than the world. Yeah. You know, our people shouldn't look on our Instagrams and like worldly people's Instagrams and like see the same type of pictures. Yeah. You know, and sometimes, um, you know, I see people that say they're Christians and all that, all these things, but they're like posting twerking videos and like, you know, they're butts on the sink and stuff like that and it I feel sorry <laughs> for them <laughs> because nah for real because like it's like I feel sorry because it's like man if only you knew how precious you were yeah that you don't have to do that stuff you know you don't have to get attention that way mm -hmm. like the, the god like the god that created you loves you without you having to do any of that stuff. Yeah. And, and people can say, oh, I do that to make myself feel good and whatever, but there's a deeper thing. Yeah. You're not just doing it because you wouldn't post it. You just keep I, it on your... Yeah, exactly. You just keep it on your camera roll if it was for you, you know? So it's like, I, it makes me sad because it's like, man, if only you knew how worthy you were. Yeah. You know, that you don't have to do that stuff. You don't have to try to get attention in that way. Because you already have the attention of the creator of the universe. You just haven't accepted him yet. Mm -hmm. You know? And so I think being set apart is just looking different than the world. Yeah. Um, you know, people should be able to see you and say, there's something different about you. Yeah. You talk, you talk different. Yeah. Why are you asking me if I want to pray? <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's different, you know? And people think I'm really weird for doing this. But, like, I say hi to, like, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> When we're outside and stuff, like, I'll just, if I pass someone, I'm like, hello, you know, and I just do it to everyone because it's like, some people want to just have a conversation and it's like, I really want to get to the place where I minister to as many people as possible when I'm out. Yeah. You know, because that's literally what we're here for, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he did. And so it's like, you should look set apart in that aspect when even when you're out, people should be able to see there's something different. Yeah. You know, even in it, I just came to me, but when we're at restaurants and how we tip, 
Mm-hmm. We should be set apart in how we tip. We should be tipping crazy and like praying for them and all that kind of stuff because we are trying to um, do something different. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to look different. And so I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, it truly does mean looking different than the world in every aspect. Yeah. In, the, in our businesses, we shouldn't handle things like people of the world. We shouldn't be greedy like them and try to, you know, hoard all this money. Mm-hmm. because it's we we realize that it's not our money in the first place it's god's yeah you know so yeah that's 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 my answer <laughs> i honestly have nothing to add to that like that was that was exactly right like i think too you know like you said just when people talk to you and see you they should know that there's something different and i think like the best way you do it is by having this pure heart that a lot of people don't have these days and being understanding. And it's hard in this world because people will test you. They will test you. <clears throat> and, like, and I really think like holiness is looking at them and looking past like what they're doing to you, but understanding what they could be going through. And people of the world don't think like that. Like we're really quick to be upset at people and, you know, to snap back and to clap back and doing all of this woo this, woo that. And so like, I think, you know, being holy is having this sense of understanding and I really think it's love. I know that's so cliche to say, but there's people that I know that just emit this pure sense of love. And I usually know it's because they know God. Like, I feel like you can't know God and not know love. And nowadays, like people really don't know how to show love, like in a pure way. You know, if they do, it's for a reason or something like that. Like, they just don't know how to show it to everybody that they encounter. And I see it all the time. And I even see it from people who claim that they know God. And it makes me really sad because, like, there's people who know God who will be quick to get into arguments. Mm -hmm. And, like, I remember the more that I started reading and the more that I started growing in my relationship, I used to get really frustrated when you know, there was people around me who said that they knew God and they're like arguing with everybody and like fighting with people. And it just used to make me upset because I'm like, as believers, I feel like we have a better ability to have this sense of understanding and have this sense of like showing love and even in the toughest of situations, you know? So I always think that's what holiness looks like. Like anybody who can do that, who just shows love unconditionally and like, you know, even little things like you said, like saying hi to everybody, that's different because yeah. people are so selfish and stuff. And so, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that, you know, because you said like you can tell <clears throat> um, the people that know God because of how they love. Yeah. That's literally what the Bible says. Like the Bible says people will know you're my disciples by how you love one another. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like when you really know God and you understand what he's done for you, it's like that compassion that Jesus had. God literally is love. Yeah. So there's no way you can know God and not have love. There is no way. Yeah. Either you don't know God or you don't know God <laughs> because how can you know love but not know love 
Yeah. If God is love, how can you know God but not know love? That they don't they don't equal. Exactly. You know, and that's yeah, that's that's I feel like how you know kind of who knows God for real. Yeah, for sure. And it's especially nowadays, like with so many divides, it's it's hard. Like it's literally so hard. But I feel like it's our responsibility to try more than worldly people would and that's something that I'm trying to change because I even used to get I used to be one of those people that was really quick to get into arguments especially like if I felt like you were offending me in some type of way or disrespecting me in some type of way and I'm still I still have found this unique balance to like stand up for the things that I believe in but also have this sense of understanding and the understanding just wasn't there and like if you're on Twitter or social media or anything like that you'll see that there is no sense of understanding anywhere like and it's just crazy it's so crazy and it makes me sad to watch because i'm like dang we're really just tearing each other apart like come on but yeah 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 and it's i mean and i think what you're saying is so key because it's like when you really know god you understand that your mission here is to bring people to god yeah, exactly. So if you're arguing with every person you meet, there's no way you're bringing them to Christ because they're going to look at you and say, you want to tell me about your God, but you are the nastiest person I have ever met. I don't want anything to do with your God. Exactly. You know, and that's the complete opposite of what Christ has us here to do. Yeah. And and that's something that, you know, um, you know, in his word, he says, do everything you can to keep peace with all men. Yep. Do everything you can. Yeah. You know, and it's not always possible because sometimes you try to keep peace and the other party may not want to keep peace, but you've said your peace. Exactly. You know, and I think that the thing is to continue to love on them regardless, even if they, you know, and that's the thing I think people forget that like, it's okay if someone offends you. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah, because we're not here for ourselves. Offend me all day. <laughs> That's okay because at the end of the day, as long as I get to tell you about Jesus, it doesn't matter what you say to me. Yeah, you know, and um, and the Lord's definitely working on me in this area. Yeah, definitely working on me in this area. I'm definitely not perfect in this area whatsoever. Never will be, but I am trying to grow in this area. But yeah. um, you know, it, I think it just as as we get closer to Christ, we really begin to see his heart on stuff. Mm-hmm. We really begin to see that that person yelled at me because they're, they're losing their house right now. Yeah. You know, they're in foreclosure yeah. and, and now they're at work, but their hours are cut because of whatever, you know? And so we, we see it so personal, but we don't understand that people are broken. Yeah. I'm telling you, you know, like we are broken. And so it's like, why, you know, and and it really has to do with us being so caught up in the physical more than in the spiritual. Yeah. We were really in God's word and in his presence. We wouldn't get offended at anyone because we would understand, God would be showing us why they're like that. Yeah. We would prophesy to them and say, I know you just got a foreclosure. Here's some money. You know, I know you, you know, we would be doing things that were, that people are getting to see the miracles of God. You know, so, um, so yeah, I think it just really has to do with like 
really knowing God. Yeah, really, really. Because once you do, you're more open to have that sense of understanding. Because yeah. Yeah. You, you, you literally yeah. cannot, you cannot say you don't love people and yeah. love God because he's literally love, yeah. you know? Exactly. Like, it was so crazy. I think it was last week. Um, I was on this call for work, and this lady, she, she got such an attitude with me on the call, like, in front of my boss, everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I was at a crossroads because I was like, do I snap back at her? Like, what do I what do? I do? <laughs> you know, she's not understanding me. Like, and granted, I didn't really know if I could snap back because my boss was there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it, but I didn't do it. And then I just let the day go on. And it turns out that I talked with her again, um, I want to say maybe like the next week. And she apologized to me out of the blue. Like, it, I, no one said anything to her. No one was like, I don't know why you talk to Raina like that. Like, no one said anything like that. But she got on the call and she told me, she was like, oh, Raina, like, I just wanted to let you know that you've been on my mind lately. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. And then she said, you know, I just really wanted to apologize for the way that I spoke to you last week. I didn't, you know, I was snappy and I didn't mean to speak to you like that. And so I told her, I said, oh, you know, it's okay. I completely understand. Like everybody's going through something. And she was like, yeah, you know, I know, but it's not okay. And I'm sorry. And I told my mom the story and she said, you know, she said, oh, like what made her do that? And I, I didn't know. No one brought it up to her. No one reprimanded her or anything like oh, that. Just the next week she said i've been thinking about you all week and i'm sorry and i was like i because people are going through stuff like you don't know what people are going through and sometimes it's not about you like when people pop off on you it's not about you all the time <laughs> so majority of the time it isn't about you at all yeah exactly the other person you know and that's the Holy Spirit. And that's the thing. Like, the Bible says the Lord fights our battles. Yeah. You know, but people, I think it's a lack of trust in God. They don't feel like God is going to fight for them. Yeah. But it's like God fights our battles. And it made me think of a story when I um, I used to work at uh, I have a Fairfax. Yeah. And I had, they had, like, uh, closed our employee parking lot. And so we had to park in the or the patient parking and I used to work 12 hour shifts there and so you know I'm thinking like oh they're gonna give us like you know little cards to get out of the garage because like we work 12 hour shifts Mm -hmm. uh that's a lot of money in a regular patient parking right so one of my coworkers, she came in when it was my shift and she was like you know they're not paying for our garages like for us to get out. And I was like, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, yeah, like, um, one of the other people that I worked with, I guess had tried to get out and they wouldn't give her a thing. They were like, yeah, we weren't planning on paying for that for you guys. Like that's on you guys. Mm -hmm. So I go to my supervisor and I'm like, Hey, like, you know, um, it's not our fault that the garages are closed. Like our employee garages are closed. So, you know, are you guys able to give us a voucher? Because like, that's a lot of money for, we work 12, 12 and a half hour shifts, you know? And I'm like, are y'all, can y'all give us a voucher? And she was like, I'm sorry. No, we don't have enough for everyone. Raina. (laughs) (laughs) 
And this is when I was really beginning my walk with Christ and I was really trying to grow in him. So I was like, okay, God. And I walked out and I was heated, but I was like, God, I'm not going to say nothing. I was like, I am going, I am believing that you are going to fight my battle and you are going to help me pay for this garage because that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I go in the parking lot, get in my car. I go to the guy at the thing and never met him before. And I was like, yeah, I'm an employee, but you know, they're not paying for a thing. And he was like, Really? And I was like, yeah, it's really like, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do because it's a lot of money. And he was like, go ahead, go through. <gasps> I'm telling you. God is good at Jesus who? <laughs> like, br- like, he really fights our battles. Yeah. I think I was talking to my mom on the way to the car because I was like, man, like, how can they do this? And she was like mad. She was like, oh, I'll talk to them, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, it's fine. I'm believing God that he's going to fight my battles. Cause that's what his word says. And he literally, I had to do nothing right now. I know. It's, but it's, it's trusting him. It's like saying, God, I trust that your word, you are not a liar. And your word says this. So I have to trust you and you have to come through yeah. because your word says you'll fight for me, but we don't trust that he's going to fight for us because we don't even know his word. And we don't know that his word says that. Yeah, exactly. So y'all trust God his, and know his word so you can know what his promises are. Mm-hmm. He has so many promises towards us, but we don't know them because we don't read his word. We don't spend time in it. You know, you, it's just crazy, but like read your word. Like God is going to take care of us, but we have to know his word to know that he'll take care of us. Exactly. Know his heart, to know that his heart is kind and compassionate towards us. Yeah. You know, and and that we're his children. You know, if earthly fathers take care of their children, how much more will, will our heavenly father take care of us? Yeah, exactly. You know? So that's all I got. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Do we have any more questions? I think that was Not- awesome, right? Yeah, I think that was everything. I feel like we talked about a lot of stuff tonight. <laughs> I think we did. And it was a lot of different things, but it's okay. I think it was, I think it was good. And I, I don't know. It was encouraging, you know? Yay. Yay. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I guess that's it then. We hope you guys enjoyed this Q and a. Yep. We hope you guys feel encouraged. Yeah. And like we always say, if you guys need anyone to talk to, if you need um, just any help during this time where it can be, it can feel very lonely and very depressing at times, um, reach out to us. We would love to encourage you and to pray for you guys and to um, just speak life and encouragement. Encourage literally means to put courage in someone. So we want to put some courage in you, you know, Um, so just reach out to us. We will put our Instagram names in the description, but we want to help you guys because we're going through these things too. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. We love y'all. Love you. Bye. Bye.